Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group. Network visibility, analytics, and how they feed into zero trust. And the evolution of the Army's cybersecurity. It's Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. President Joe Biden over the weekend signed into law H.R. 346, which requires the administrator of the Federal Aviation Administration to establish a task force to provide recommendations for improvement of the notice to air mission system, which was at the heart of an outage in early January that led to the grounding of domestic flights across the United States for nearly two hours. The FAA, by September 30th, 2024, must complete implementation of a modernized federal NOTAM system as well as a backup system. The federal government has expanded its ban of TikTok on government-connected devices, now including on any federal contracts. The DOD, GSA, and NASA issued an interim rule for implementation of the No TikTok on Government Devices Act applicable to any contract solicitations moving forward. The rule would forbid contractors working on federal projects to have the app on devices connected to federal networks. You can read more about these stories and more at fedscoop.com. Jan Norris has been Chief Information Security Officer of the U.S. Army for almost a year now. During that time, the Army has been on a whirlwind of a cybersecurity journey, modernizing its systems and adopting a zero-trust security architecture while facing, as Norris put it recently, weekly breaches and threat activity, data leaks, and new discoveries on an ever-expanding cyber attack surface. Norris recently shared about this journey in his first year as CISO during a keynote at Swish Data's GIST 23 conference. Wow, what an interesting 10 months it's been. Um, you know, weekly breaches, uh, threat activity, data leaks, recent data leaks, <laughs> and reacting to those, um, and then new discoveries on an ever, ever expanding cyber attack surface. Um, just three weeks ago, I get a phone call. Uh, talking about vulnerabilities with cranes on Army construction sites. Cranes, right? So, yeah, they've got software that connects to the Internet, and now they are part of this attack surface, and we have a, we have a, a very dangerous scenario with cranes. And um, I never imagined uh, in this job I'd, I'd be having that conversation. But, but the attack surface keeps expanding. And, and then in my role as, as the CISO and, and, and the Chief of Cybersecurity, thinking every day about the posture of the Army, and how do we continually work to elevate or improve our posture? What actions are we taking now to prioritize and work through mitigation of a number of risks on a weekly basis? Now, in the context of this audience, I, I was asked to, to talk specifically about um, visibility and analytics and this buzzword that we can't get enough of right now, zero trust. So, so I imagine you're all familiar with the architecture, the reference architecture the pillars, the activities, the capabilities. Um, we owe the Army's Zero Trust Implementation Plan to the Department of Defense this fall. Uh, we're working on it, uh, and we're aggressively seeking quick wins and accelerating our ZT alignment with a number of activities. I could talk about them. Don't have time to talk about all of them, but in the next year, it's full, full integration of SEAM. It's full integration Federation of ICAM. It's MDE, MDO, and many, many other things. And that's just in the next year to get us closer to this DOD target goal of 
90 activities by 2027. The challenge we have, and I think everyone has it, uh, you know, maybe some small companies have an option just to flip their network over to this green field, right? Like, hey, we're just going to take what we do, outsource it, flip it to a green field that aligns zero trust, and we're, we're done. <laughs> but in the Army, and I imagine it's the same in the services, you know, we have this large, global, expansive brownfield infrastructure, right, that, that is not aligned. In some ways it is. Uh, in some ways it's not. So we, we, have to, we have to do two things. We have to take that brownfield infrastructure, migrate it, and then, we, and then we're also migrating on a, on a weekly basis. I'm also the authorizing official for Cloud Army, so about 500-plus systems, apps, and tools are now residing off-prem in the commercial infrastructure. 90% of that, as you might expect, is Azure and AWS, but we do have some other one-offs. Uh, and so we're migrating that with an expectation that when we go commercial, that those industry partners are aligning to zero trust as well. So, so we have this, you know, this duality of like, you know, moving in this direction, uh, given it's not going to change in three years, like, like what, what we typically experience, where you're focused on one thing and then stop JRS today, JRSSS, we're not doing that anymore. We all invested all this time and energy and now flip the lid and go this way. But you've got to remain operational the whole time. And that's the challenge in our business with IT. So visibility and analytics. Again, pillar six of DOD's reference architecture, there are seven pillars. So this is just one component. <laughs> that's how complex and deep and wide this thing is. And uh, for me, I translate visibility and analytics as an army guy uh, to three words. Uh, C, sense and understand. That's, that's visibility, detect, and understanding kind of ties back to data analytics and taking that data and be able to, to make informed decisions or have some automated tool that can make them for you. That, that'd be great. Um, and so to illustrate why it's important, I'm just going to provide a few quick examples. And I'm looking around the room. I, I think I know the audience here. Uh, it might bring back some good and bad memories for you. Um, brings back some very interesting memories for me. So the first example, and don't wince or laugh too hard, <laughs> Uh, Buckshot Yankee, all right. So, um, you know, USB drives, Agent BTZ, uh, and I was a young major in Hawaii for 75 days. Every day I wake up and we're trying to figure out how many endpoints, you know, is the worm there, isn't it there? Do we have visibility on our endpoints? Um, and what's interesting, thinking back to 2008, <coughs> we didn't know it was there until it beaconed. Uh, what might have sent, what it might have sent, and to whom the information went. In fact, even today, how many computers were affected? How many drives were infected? Where was the virus's patient zero? No one knew. To this day, no one knows for sure. So that's one example, you know, visibility, the lack of visibility in analytics really exposed our ability to see, sense, and understand. And some would argue, I think very well, that that event was the generation of the creation of Cyber Command, <laughs> that one event, right? Which there were many factors, but one was visibility. We didn't have the visibility once for, for a while before we even detected it. The second example, and this is very Army specific, is we currently have in the Army 40 plus disparate networks on different domains, right? Now, now we have a plan, the Unified Network Plan, to converge those networks, align to zero trust principles. That's the tagline I'll give you. But it's really hard to see and analyze across the enterprise when you have so many different domains. So we're trying to collapse those. I mean, even if you have the same tool running on all 40, it's still hard to kind of uh, collude all that together and have, and have the optimal visibility you'd like to have. Um, next, again, there's not going to be uh, anything you've not heard of here, but Log4j, SolarWinds, very familiar. Again, exposed, at least in the Army, 
our ability to see ourselves. Certainly we could see ourselves with tools a lot better than we could in 2008. Um, but it, it, it specifically exposed, you know, this, this, these endpoints that aren't always connected, right? Stored in connexes for a period of time, you bring them back out, you connect them, and, and do you even have the tool when it connects back to detect that endpoint that might have that vulnerability of Log4j or, or, or uh, you know, maybe not the upgraded version of SolarWinds, that was a problem, but, but to the point uh, it exposed our inability to see, sense, and understand as well as we'd like to. Um, and again, we do have tools, don't, you know, we've got some tools, I can name some of them, M-Game, Elastic, um, Tycon, yeah, we're using them, but are these tools mature to the point of triggering alerts and notifications to prompt corrective action? The NIST framework, you know, described, and I've been trying to, I'm trying to get within the Army an example of see, you know, this, this detect, respond, recover, right? Detect, respond, recover, detect, respond, recover, and everything I've experienced in the last 10 months, it's always detect, respond, recover. I, I want to get to a point where we don't detect, respond, and recover. We detect, respond, correct, and continue operations. And the only way we can do that is with visibility, it's analytics that can, you know, we can take log data, whatever it is, and we can analyze it left of breach, left of event, and, and to trigger some corrective action that then allows us not to have to recover but to continue to operate. And I can tell you we're not there because I've challenged my cloud team and others, you know, let's ingest this data into a tool. Is there another tool out there anyone has that, we, that can do it better that will give us those analytics we need that we can go, we've got some anomalies in these logs and we need to correct something right now before, uh, you know, I'm getting a call and we have a breach and we, <laughs> we look at the logs and then the guys come back, hey sir, this thing's been in it for six months. <laughs> You know, like, ah, all right, we want to be left of that. So uh, one example. Another is maturing user activity monitoring. This is um, going back to our recent data leak up in the northeast. Um, and we're all having to answer back and report to DOD this month on what we're doing with controls on classified networks. Um, and again, it goes back to some of the same things I just talked about. Automated triggers, alerts, you know, user, given privileged access, is there a tool that's monitoring that activity to say that this individual just violated the rules for which the account he was granted? You know, one, to alert a human to have a discussion about what are you doing every month in the National Guard Center, uh, downloading all this classified information, but even beyond that to go, no, an automated tool that will do analytics and shut that individual down automatically without the human involvement. Now, ideally, like I'm talking, maybe this is a utopia thing, but I think we can get there. I think we have the, the tools. It's maturing them, though, inside of organizations. And then the final example, and I touched on it a little earlier, operational technology in our defense industrial base. Like, you know, Army installations, depots, arsenals, I think we're going to letter Kenny in a few, uh, two weeks to take a look at what they're doing with cybersecurity up there. I, I mentioned cranes, we can talk HVAC, we can talk industrial controls, uh, non-traditional endpoints that you can't treat the same way you treat classic endpoints because if you do, you try to scan and patch them, they, you might shut them down and then we've got a munitions plant somewhere that can't maintain its level of production supporting an effort like right now in Europe um, that you, you, you know about. Um, so, um, so those are some of the examples, I think, that demonstrate why visibility and analytics are important. So how can industry help? 
Um, well, first of all, you're, you're, you're already helping in many ways. You talk about collaboration. Um, I would say if we currently own and operate a capability or tool that you provide in this audience, um, what I've found, there may be some capabilities within those tools we're not even using. I mean, some partners have come back and said, hey, we, we gave you this. Uh, you're only using like 10% of it. If you, if you would just enable and turn on the other 40%, not even all of it, you might be aligned in 13 more zero trust activities. And, um, and there's, a, there's another side to that discussion, though, that I, I don't say pejoratively, but um, you know, we will have that discussion. Sometimes it turns into, well, if you want that capability, um, you might have to pay for it. Or, uh, well, that's not the license we gave you. You need this license. And then, and then there's a, a cost differential. And that's OK, as long as we are having that discussion and collaborating about what capability you provide and how it can get us to where DOD wants us to be. Uh, I'm interested in that discussion. Um, and we need tools and capabilities, again, that address everything I've talked about. And I'll just reiterate a few very technical points, and then I'll, and then I'll finish. Um, just some examples of some things we need. Improved tools for inspecting and logging network traffic. We have some now. Uh, analyzing it for threat activity. Asset logs, network traffic, resource access actions. User activity monitoring and what visibility and analytics tools can help to mature these activities, as I mentioned, to a level where automated alerts and triggers are in place. Tools that help us overcome the inability, and this is a, a very niched area, uh, to access all relevant and encrypted traffic on applications and or services that are resistant to passive monitoring, and the ability to perform deep packet inspection or examine encrypted traffic to, to, to assess possible intruders or attackers. Uh, detection or sensing anomalous behavior to enable dynamic changes to security policies and real-time access decisions is something of interest. And with micro-segmentation, which is a, which is a, a well-defined activity within the Zero Trust uh, architecture uh, and software-defined networking. Having visibility of virtual networks, including traffic within those virtualized environments, is important to know and to understand if proper security policies are working. I mentioned cloud earlier. And having the ability for monitoring and alerting on rejected traffic to look for suspicious activity and adjust cloud security policies accordingly. Now, with our cloud service providers, have lots of experience with this uh, where we've had some problems. Uh, yeah, you're going to be more resilient. Uh, you'll get your return on investment by going off-prem. We, we, we can't come close to matching the resilient infrastructure that the commercial service providers give us. But there are some things like uh, visibility below the hypervisor to, to that layer where recently we had an e-discovery. I won't say which company, but uh, an e-discovery breach uh, in an area where, you know, inadvertent insider, not intentional, but opened up security window. Again, and this is on the vendor side where you think, well, maybe they have a more mature tool to see that that window was open and they didn't and we lost data. Um, it was restored, but we still lost it. We don't know who we lost it to. Uh, we didn't buy insurance. And so what's the model for that? Um, and that's really a terms and conditions issue with vendors, like, you know, because there's a real sensitivity to giving access below that, that hypervisor where it's a shared resource. And how do you segment that? So, you know, uh, my army security team's not looking at something they shouldn't be below the hypervisor in that infrastructure. But, but it's something that comes up again and again because you know, we typically have to answer when there's the breach, and it's like, well, the server out in the cloud, and 
yeah, it's a better way to go. And most of the Army leadership recognizes that. Yeah, that's absolutely. Technology debt, we, we need to move forward and move off-prem and move with industry because we can't keep pace. We have to, we have to rely on industry to keep pace. Um, but that's a unique aspect of cloud there where um, maybe, maybe the vendor needs a mature tool as well on their side of the infrastructure. So th those are just to name a few things. I, I know my time's coming up here about pillar six. That's just one pillar, right? There's, there's six others. Um, again, not only having the tools for improved visibility and analytics, we have some today, but maturing the integration and implementation of those tools for effect. It's one thing to have the tool, it's quite another to have it matured to a level where automated alerts are happening on a continual basis. Maybe a lot of white noise in that space, but at least uh, a level of maturity where you, you can the automated tool can take the corrective action. Ideally, that's what I think about in the, in the construct of what I said earlier about, about detect, resp respond, correct, and continue operations. Um, and, so, uh, and so that's ideally where we'd like to be on this journey. And I say journey because um, uh, there's a lot of chatter about zero trust, a lot of different interpretations of what it means. Uh, it is a journey. It's not a destination. And uh, you know, I and not, no, you know, I get folks coming. I got the solution for you. I got it all. I got it all 180. I can give it to you tomorrow. There's a cultural aspect. There's a talent aspect that I can't uh, underscore with this audience about the talent piece. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're just going to outsource it. Yeah, that's fine. But you you need someone in the organization who understands what you're outsourcing uh, and understands how you know. First of all, how do you how do you buy it with all the federal regulations we're going to throw on you, uh, and how can you help industry? get through that, uh, and even tools to do that, you know, FedRAMP, CMMC, we need an automated tool for just that, right? That's a, not, not an easy thing to work through. You can learn more about the Army's cybersecurity journey at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Carlin Fisher helped to put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Thursday afternoon. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.